Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast. I'm Rich Ellis, and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation, and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry, but not only get in, but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the PT Graduate Podcast, and today my guest is Matt O'Day. Good to see you, Matt. Thanks for joining me. No problems. No problems. So you, um, let me let me whiz down the uh, list of stuff. So you, um, you're the owner and director at um, Coast Academy, Brazilian yeah, Jiu-Jitsu. That's right. Um, you're a black belt professor. I, I, I don't know what that means, but I know I understand the black belt bit. Um, <laughs> so I'm keen to know about that. But you're a um, a serial entrepreneur. You've um, owned numerous businesses. So you, you've come into the this industry with um, with a decent background in business and, and quite a broad spectrum of experience. And I think that's probably something that's going to be a, is a useful thing rather than coming in completely green. Um, so you'll have lots of juice to, to share, I'm sure. So some of the things that you guys do at, um, at Coast Academy is um, you, you've got obviously the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like I said, um, you do kickboxing, you have an MMA program, there's some wrestling, self-defense there's a whole bunch of different stuff in there which um you know a broad range of services um but different right it's uh, i mean at the end of the day it's sort of the equivalent of a gym but it's a totally different type of gym so that's why i wanted to chat to you because it kind of just opens up people's minds to uh, the type of options that are out there and not just you know equipment that you'd see in, in the usual traditional spaces yeah for sure so, so what I guess, um, you know, I guess what got you got you into? It? I mean, I know it's something you've been interested. You've you've been a practitioner yourself, but you know, what what got you into it? You know, as a as a full blown business with multiple sites. My own gym. So no, so you, you so know, the, the, the Brazilian Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, first, but then you know, and then obviously it led to led to a business. Yeah, well, I I've been doing martial arts for well ever since I was probably thirteen or, or fourteen. Uh, I, yeah. I started after after I had a serious back injury um, when I was quite young. I had a spinal fusion and uh, I was extremely uh, inflexible after the, the spinal fusion. So right, um, I I wanted to do um, martial arts. So mum got me into uh, taekwondo when I was when I was young, and uh, that helped me get my flexibility back. Um, yeah. And then. Sort of early twenties, I switched to uh, I switched to boxing. So I did um, traditional uh, boxing, and I did that for quite a long time. I ended up running uh, my own boxing gym with uh, another mate of mine, Monty Barna, and we had um, another another guy in there, Ivan Walker, who used to run the kickboxing side of things. Yeah. Uh, another friend who used to do um, Wing Chun Kung Fu. So so probably um, that was probably could be considered one of the earliest um, mixed martial arts gyms uh, in the country because we had uh, we had the space and we had a lot of different people inside mm. that space. Um, but there was no groundwork or anything uh, at that point. Um, and so one of the guys I used to box with, um, uh, Mitch, he used to do, he started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and he, and he just kept on hassling me to to come along and train. And I was like, ah, no, I'm all right. I don't want to, yeah. I don't don't see uh, the benefit of any of that ground stuff, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, and and he eventually got me along to one of the, and I got absolutely smashed. And um, <laughs> I, I hated uh, the feeling of, of being really uh, uncomfortable and out of my depth. And it sort of drove me to get better at it. So, so, so I guess from that point on, I was I was pretty addicted, you know. And the 
eventually the boxing sort of went to the wayside and I ended up doing more and more uh, of the of the uh, jiu-jitsu. Um, one of the gyms I, I belong to as well, um, one of the jiu-jitsu gyms, they did um, MMA as well. So I ended up doing the MMA and obviously my boxing background helped me with that as well. So yeah, I got more and more involved with that side of things. Interesting, interesting. And you, um, you've competed as well, haven't you? You've, um, you've been a, 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 you've attended a number of different competitions and won a few trophies. Yeah, I've, I've tried to compete in everything that I've done. So I've competed in amateur boxing. Uh, I had a couple of pro fights. Uh, I've had a couple of MMA fights. Um, I've had um, many jiu-jitsu fights. Um, I felt little except for purple belt because I was, I was riddled with injuries <laughs> during my, my purple belt because right. I, I was my ego was, uh, got in the way and I refused to tap. So I just ended up injured all the time, so, ah. which, wasn't, which wasn't beneficial in the long run. Right, so I've, right. I've definitely learned how to uh, tap a lot faster these days. <laughs> Is that advice that you give now to others? Yeah, absolutely. I, I always tell people to tap their way to black belt, you know, because if you're off the mats, you can't train. If you can't train, then you don't improve. You just So it's, it's better to tap uh, regularly and then try to figure out the mistakes you're making and try to correct them or figure out how you got into that position in the first place then then try to get out of something be injured and spend four or six weeks off the mats it's ridiculous yeah 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 smart smart approach yeah it's just a mindset change you know and i think we breed that into uh our team um and, yep. and that way and that way it's better for business as well you know because if you're constantly having people injured and they're wanting yeah. to stop their memberships then then that doesn't help uh, grow the business either no no exactly so it's a it's a smart business move as well absolutely yeah so, um, so you've done some some PT quals at um, at AUT. Yes, and, correct. Yeah. And so, was was that so that you could do more in the space in terms of well, seeing clients, or what? What was the angle with that? Um, not really. Um, I don't really enjoy doing um, the PTs or one on ones. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, I prefer group trainings. Um, it was, uh, I guess, more of a validation towards um, opening and running a successful gym, um, uh, you know, understanding uh, different aspects um, from different people's perspectives and just yeah. getting a, a more holistic approach to um, where the health and fitness industry uh, is um, yeah. and how to, um, you know, maybe get some ideas on how to structure things a bit better and um, yeah, so not not really to do with doing or writing specific programs, yeah. Um, because our programs are slightly different. You know, I write. I, I am very systematic and program focused, especially mm -hmm. for our um, beginner programs, our MMA beginner programs. Um, uh, and I believe without systems, um, you, you you'll set yourself up for failure. You know, you just go around in circles and you have no objective. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And is that approach something that you've sort of brought with you from previous? endeavors in terms of business you know the whole approach with to business with systems and processes you're saying yeah i think um, um being systematic in any business is is important you know and, and we've we've created well, one of my other businesses created a um online um and application for job management job tracking time tracking um, material tracking quoting and i think uh that systemized approach um and using technology to uh, to your advantage actually helps you 
you create a more professional business. You have, we have, um, like any other gym, we have online tracking systems for students. We have belt tracking systems. We have, um, we, you know, I write programs and, and make sure that those programs are rolled out to my different instructors as well. So I think, you know, like it's not to be a cookie cutter type situation, but I think if, if we've got beginners programs running, they can't go to one coach at one place and, and get uh, one thing and then, go to another place that's being run by me and have something completely different. There has to be a lot of beauty uh, with what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes absolute sense. So are there specific software um, systems that cater to your kind of business as opposed to say a more traditional gym? Uh, yeah. There's, so there's, there's quite a few. There's like Zen planner, there's uh, martial arts on rails. There's, yeah, there's quite a few of them. We use uh, martial arts on rails. Right. Um, basically uh, the only difference is that um, it, you can track um, the, well, the, you can track the amount of classes that people take, but they also relate to belt systems. So you can create customized belt systems. And then when you do your promotions, you basically just select who's being promoted, when they're due to be promoted, and then click a button and they will um, go up a level, which, which um, you know, then, then you can track exactly what your students are doing because, I mean, our gym's gotten big enough now, um, thankfully, that we have different instructors teaching and, and we have um, five morning classes a week. And sometimes I don't even get to see um, those people. So yeah. without a systematic approach, uh, I would never know when those people are due for the grading. So they just get left behind and that, that could cause frustration. You know, at least if I'm alerted that they're, they've done enough classes, I can inspect to the instructor involved, see what their progress is like, and then talk about getting, um, you know, giving them uh, a stripe or, or getting them to grade up. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess um, not not just keeping track with multiple coaches, but um, but having multiple sites makes it an, an even more dynamic situation where people may be able to shift from location to location. You know, if they move house or if they're traveling or whatever, just yeah, seem, yeah. So create seamlessness. Yeah, so we um, we've actually um, worked with the developer of the system uh, because um, we've we've got three locations. Yeah. Uh, one in Silverdale, one in Walkworth, and we've also got a um, uh, an affiliate um, program now based in in Wellsford. So oh, yeah. we've we've basically can separate out the gyms, uh, but manage and monitor the gyms uh, globally or individual has to work for your your affiliate program. Yeah. So yeah, we have to know what's going on with all of our members um, in order to make um, you know informed decisions. I guess, which like any business, you have to have the data to make informed decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely makes makes complete sense. Mm. So it is a it is a, a different type of uh, gym environment for people to to I guess exercise to 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 keep themselves fit and healthy. What, what's the attraction? Do you think what is it that um, you know your members? are seeking that you know traditional gym members may not be and, and it seems like it's growing as well uh yeah well obviously the ufc has a huge part to play in that and other other bigger organizations have a huge part to play in that um but also um you know our one of our main focuses on is on the kids um yeah. and so the, the kids um the kids are our, our bread and butter they're what keep the club going because yeah. the parents are you know are uh involved with the, the kids they bring them down all the time whereas adults can get all outside and they put the jug on and sometimes they they don't turn up you know so yeah. um i think that the atmosphere that we've got at the gym uh is a real friendly atmosphere and and i try to make sure that there's uh 
that if a new person comes in, they're invited in, we introduce them to everybody, we make a point of um, welcoming, them in, welcoming them at the end of yeah. the, the class to make sure that they felt welcome. So yeah. um, because it's a big step for someone to come in uh, to a fight gym mm, and feel comfortable, a very nerve-wracking process for somebody to come and do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we try to make those people as comfortable as possible. Uh, and then I guess word of mouth, um is the next best thing um for for people to come on board and and just splitting the programs as well so it's not just brazilian jiu-jitsu we've got right. um the kickboxing which is actually full of like mums and 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 some of the some of the jiu-jitsu's wives come to that uh, jiu-jitsu yep. guys wives comes to that class as well um right. and so we we make that class really fun and really interactive with everybody and and so i, I guess it's the group and um making people feel like they're part of a team uh, rather than a bunch of individuals that's made our gym uh i guess the drop-off rate uh, um, a bit less than some of the other gyms out there Brilliant, brilliant. Sounds like a very strong community. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a lot of kids now, um, and and a lot of the kids, their parents start to jump in. You know, they come watch ah. and they think, "Oh, I'm going to start this," and then it's something that they can do with their kids. You know, father, son. Yeah. Uh, you know, mother, daughter, mother, son, whatever the yeah. combination is. Um, you know, we're in there with two kids, uh, mum and dad. They all train, so it's it's really really good. Fantastic. Sounds like it's one of those things that once you get going, it's something you, you, you struggle to give up because it's quite addictive and that, that sense of community is really, really strong. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, um, you know, thinking about how um, martial arts or most other clubs uh, run, it's based on a reward system, right? Mm. So if you just, so, um, I don't know, like a boot camp, for example, um yes you, you your your goal is to get fit your goal is to get um is to get active maybe lose a couple of kilos um but sustainability of that over years uh is probably relatively low you probably get mm. a high turnover of people uh, because uh you know they'll do the same thing for a little bit then they might get yeah. bored and they might move on yeah uh, in, in my experience um whereas uh, a martial art of the fact that you can you can get a new grade and then you can go up a belt level and you can go up a stripe and you can go up a belt level. It's, it's that reward system for the kids and the adults that keep them coming back. Like I would imagine if we didn't have belts and stripes, the drop-off rate for the kids would be extremely high um, because there's nothing for them to attain. Um, you know, there's no, there's no goal for them to get to. Whereas mm. at, 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 to keep them going, they get a stripe at the end of the term. Right. You know, once they've got four stripes, then they go up and then it continues on from there. And, you. And, and, you know, that's a continuous uh, reward process. And at the end of every term, they feel really good because they've got their belt or their stripe. And then that keeps them coming back for the following, uh, the following term, you know. And it's the same with the adults to a certain degree, but a little bit less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes total sense because, um, you know, it, it, as you say, it gives them that reward and something to ch achieve. But at the same time, it works for you as a business owner because you've got that continuity of of attendance and um you know why would somebody halfway through want to uh stop stop achieving 
<laughs> exactly. And, and it's something you can talk to the parents too about, you know, oh, they're really close to getting their next bout, you know, just keep them going for another term. So it's another add on rather than just letting them disappear. You know, uh, yeah. I had a friend of mine who ran an outdoor boot camp training um, program, which was a franchise. Yeah. And, and they, um, they obviously saw the meaning uh, in what that sort of thing would do. So they had different colored t-shirts, you know, so uh, you, you came to a certain amount of classes, you got to you got the next level T-shirts. So I've, I've done fifty classes or whatever it might be. To so they so they feel like they've got something to attain to some sort of goal, yeah. Um, and something that I guess the the owner can go back to and say, oh, you're really close. You know, you've only got another five more classes to go. And yeah, you know, it's a perceived value. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, it's a piece of insulation tape on a uh, on a piece of material. But the the, the value of that. Um, insulation tape on that piece of material is actually quite substantial you yeah. know even that uh, cry when they get their, their black belts is a very uh, emotional uh, emotional um, belt level you know because mm -hmm. it takes most of us between 8 and 10 12 years it took me 13 years to get my black belt you know so right. and, and multiple surgeries and you know multiple a lot of time away from your family a lot of injuries yeah. a lot of yeah a lot of getting smashed and you know getting kicked back down again and getting uh you know getting back up again and carrying on the journey and that's why i think um there's a lot in somebody's journey on on stickability you know yes. willing to stick something extremely difficult out yeah yeah i mean not not a bad thing for a cv either considering it's you know considered a recreation for, for some people yeah yeah 13 years of doing that That's... and getting smashed and getting broken and <laughs> yeah you know, getting getting ears that don't look that yeah, pretty yeah, you know? yeah. you'd think you'd played a lot of rugby <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, well, it's it, it, that was that was one of my questions actually you know was was how long would it take so if you were going to get a <laughs> if you were going to get a, one of these little um insulation things per term and you got four of those a year, a year, then you'd go up a belt every year. Is that about right? Um, yeah, well, kids and kids and adults are different. Um, kids yeah. have different um, uh, different stipulations to the adult belts. So, so jiu-jitsu is quite unique as well. Brazilian jiu-jitsu especially is quite unique because there are different sorts of jiu-jitsu. There's yeah. uh, Krav Maga, which is Israeli jiu-jitsu. There's Japanese jiu-jitsu. And then there's uh, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's right. the art that we do. And they have we have a belt system uh, for the kids. And so you can't get your blue belt until you're 16. So that stops um, right. any kids from becoming um, black belts or, um, you know, which, so, so you know, like the common thing is, the common joke in jiu-jitsu is, um, you know, you'll talk about belts and, and, and somebody at a party will say, well, well my 12-year-old um, son's got a black belt in karate, you know, and, and, and so um, I guess that sort of takes the, the manner of the belt um, system within those sports because, um, you know, there's, there's been real no t trials or tests or adversity that you've had to go through to in order to get your black belt. So so um, the kids have a series of belts that they can go through as a child, mm. but they can't get their blue belt until they're 16. Uh, they can't get their brown belt until they're 18. There's stipulations. They can't get their uh, black belt until they're like 19 or 21 or, or something like that. Like, like for example, Jaden, uh, my son, he's been doing it for 21 now, so he's been doing it 16 years, yep. and he'll get his brown belt next year, you know, so that's a okay. long time to be doing uh, a martial art without getting your black belt, you know, so yeah. that's why the, the belts are really very well respected within the martial arts community, because they're very hard to attain. Yeah, yeah, and so they should be, I think. Yeah, me too. Um, so what happens after black belt? What... Um... 
do you have dams? Is that right? Yeah, so we have degrees. Um, so I've got one stripe on my black belt, and so I'm a figure belt now. So uh, basically, uh, there's time stipulations as well. Um, you have to be uh, active and involved. But every right. three years for the first uh, three stripes, you get a stripe after every three years. Okay. Uh, so I'm in my fourth or fifth year of being a black belt. Fourth, yep. I, I think. I don't know. Yep. I lose track. Um, and uh, so within... Well, after six years, I'll get another one. After nine years, I'll get another one. Gotcha. And then it goes up to every five years. So wow. uh, so by the time you get your fourth degree, there will be three, six, nine, 14 years, something something like that to get your yeah. fourth degree. Yeah. Uh, black belt. So it's a long journey, you know? So I think, um, and then after so many, I think after a fifth one, I think you go to uh, red and black, and then you go to red and white, and then only the founders can go to red. But I think it'll be long using my Zimmer frame or in a wheelchair or or dead by the time I get to that next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm struggling to walk stuff. as it is. It's fascinating. So um, are those rules that you just sort of described in terms of the ages <laughs> and the colours <clears throat> and the duration to achieve um, those different um, stripes, is that, where does the, is there a governing body that sort of stipulates those things uh it's very disjointed uh i would say um brazilian jiu-jitsu there's no um there's no real world governing body there's right. the, the gracies and the ifbjjf uh the international brazilian jiu-jitsu federation then there's other there's other federations uh, all sorts of different um uh, rules around uh different fight organizations um, some are gi in the traditional uniform, some are no gi, which is rash guard and, mm. and, and shorts. Yeah. Um, so I would say no to that. Um, I would say yeah. that you can be an IBJJF registered black belt, but that's only uh, one organization recognizing uh, your black belt. Most of it comes down from like your uh, family tree, I would I would say, your lineage. Um, and okay. you're given your belts or your stripes from the, the person above you and then they get them from their person above them and then, yeah. then it filters down from there. So it's important to understand your lineage um, mm. and to have a respected lineage, I would say, um, to give you credibility. Yeah. Um, because there's also a few uh, fake black belts out there as well. Okay. Um, okay. But they get found out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So, um, what sort of things you've talked about? The sort of the onboarding process to welcome people into the community. You've talked about some of your tracking systems so that you can keep on. You know, you know where everybody is at in terms of their progress. I like those sorts of things. What what other sorts of um, or systems or processes or, or cultures do you have that? Um, you may have brought with you from from previous careers and different businesses that have stood you in good stead now uh well i guess the first one is my design and marketing background yeah <laughs> so um we probably have um i would say uh marketing strategies and marketing um uh, i guess looks and feels in the marketplace you know even to the the colors that we chose uh for the business yeah. um being orange and you know, orange orange for, for a few reasons orange is a call to action okay. um it's a color that people use for sales um we yeah. also wanted to make sure that we uh didn't use colors that were um uh, gang related i would guess because yeah. uh you know because that's that's important to us uh as well sure. um our, our ethical processes are really important to us uh, as well so so as part of the business structure we have um 
we have sheets that we have for our um, our instructors on how they should behave, mm. um, how they need to behave. Um, you know, there, there's small things like um, none of the instructors can um, tie up any of the students' pants. Uh, none of ah. the instructors can be alone with a student. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a whole lot of uh, safety processes that we've put in place that sure. I, I guess a lot of other businesses may not have thought about. It's these business systems that uh, in the long term uh, will protect you from uh, from having any uh, adverse reactions towards your yeah. business. Like, yeah. like for me, because now we've got an affiliate uh, on board, uh, you know, the as part of our affiliate contract, we have, um, you know, you're only allowed to post up um, really things about the gym or, or positive attributes. Yeah. You're not allowed to post up negative things. Yeah. You're not allowed to post up religious or political uh things you know on your own facebook page but you're not allowed to do that on the business facebook page yeah um even me i'm very i'm very very careful about never politicizing my point of views on anything to do with um uh you know um politics health uh, the vaccines you know i yeah. keep all my opinions to myself because yeah. um you never want to divide your client base based on mm -hmm. a uh, based on something that's outside of the gym, the gym to go to the gym. They don't come to the gym to be preached political views or religious views. Yeah. So, so we have like we that. have systems and policies in place as well. And I, and I, I think a lot of personal trainers or or people in the public eye who have clients should also be very careful about how they post, what they post, because uh, you know it does have a positive or negative effect on your business whether mm. people like it or not mm. um people can search you up very easily they can free if they don't like what they're seeing they can they can not be your client you know so so unless you're prepared to have people fall off your client base because of your uh, because of your views um but for me that's not not part of our business the way we run our business yeah no oh, that's that's uh, that makes a lot of sense and I think, you know, if you've got growth plans and you're, you know, you're obviously, look, sounds like you're building this uh, potentially affiliate group, you know, around New Zealand over time by, by, by the looks of things, obviously starting with Wellsford and, and, and going from there, you know, you've got to have all those things in place before you, those, those growth plans kick in, haven't you? Because you need that stable uh, brand and, and uh, you know, the ethics that you talk about to be solidly in place before things get big because then it's so much easier to control oh if it's not in place when, when you start to grow it'll all start to fall apart you know you have to tidy yeah. your own home first before you can uh, look to uh, tidy anybody else's you know yeah 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 and i do like the uh, i do like the branding and even even though it's out of focus over your shoulder it stands out stands out beautifully <laughs> yeah yeah it's good it's good consistency is a huge thing uh you know like uh for any business people need to see a brand they need to understand it they need to know um uh, you know if they want to go and find it well they see me on the street with my truck that's i mean you've got the same thing you've got a nice uh green stuff on your yeah. truck and i got all mine you know black and orange and yeah you just keep the brand consistency across all channels and then people yeah. recognize you uh when you come up you can certainly change the message change the imagery uh but try to stick to uh uh you know the same the same theme across the board and then you start getting you know, and, and uh, having a trusted brand is also the next key thing. It's no good having good brand recognition if, if, um, if you've got a bad reputation, you know. Absolutely. And that's, um, I guess, we're, we're at a point now at the gym where we're starting to 
uh, close off our uh, numbers, you know, especially for the kids. We're, okay. we're starting to get uh, big enough classes uh, that I, I'm starting to get a waiting list because mm. I don't want to take on too many kids, not be able to deliver uh, the same um, performance as I'm delivering, delivering the smaller classes because that will affect your reputation. Yeah. So uh, if we've got if we've uh, we've got like a one to ten or one to eight ratio for the for the kids per instructor, right? And I think once you start going past that, uh, then you know the 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 quality of your teaching goes down because it's mm. very hard to handle. Mm. And then if people think you are only in it for the money, um, then then you're, if you if you if you do have a good um, if you have a good system, a good process, and a welcoming environment, then the money will come. Yeah. not the other way around you don't look for the money and then uh, and then offer the service you offer the service and the money will come you know the money the money is a side effect of doing a good job yeah i can't couldn't agree with you more yeah you're absolutely right and i think some places sort of get it the wrong way around don't they and they they fall foul of that that, that wrong uh, order of events yeah absolutely you know it's like a, a classic example of kids um, they, they go to work and they think you pay me more i'll work harder <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that actually yeah. you work harder and then i'll look at paying you more yeah you know, exactly. so they, they've got it they've got it around the wrong way yeah they, they think they're entitled to get paid something that they should be getting paid uh, because they've finished a course or something when yeah. realistically the harder you work the more money you'll make but it doesn't necessarily mean you've got to work harder yeah. um, but it definitely means you've got to produce the right results you know for yeah. me an hour of time with 10 students uh is the same hour of time with 20 students, but you won't get to 20 students if you're doing 10 students. Yeah, it's a fine balance. I guess you've probably been practicing that and working how, what, what that balance needs to be to be absolutely hit that sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. And I so say we're lucky enough to have the gym to that level now. Um, yeah. And, and you know, that's, uh, that's another thing that I think will help our reputation. Mm. Um, and it'll also help the stickability with the kids, you know, because if the kid drops off, um, then they may not be able to go. No, no, that's right. So some, some, some of the things that you like to do outside of, um, of work, and obviously you're very focused on your business, but I noticed that, um, did it come out of the last lockdown where you started doing some cafe reviews and um, doing some filming <laughs> and then editing it with some soundtracks, speeding it up, slowing it down? It was quite funny. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, look, well, I've always um, had a creative streak based on my, my background. Yeah. And I guess um, just doing the videos, and, and doing the editing that keeps me in tune with my uh, creative side of things i mean i'm lucky enough to do uh to do a job that i love uh, and it's a job that i'm passionate about and so uh, a lot of my spare time is taken up with with actually focusing on on the gym or learning new techniques and uh, and practicing those new techniques and um right. um you know like i had a I had a software business before and and i knew that i wasn't passionate about that because I'd come home and I wouldn't look at um, how to run a software, but look at uh, jujitsu stuff, you know, or fighting yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so you know, now that um, now that I'm doing this for a full time job, I still watch jujitsu stuff. I still watch fighting stuff. So, you know, we, that's I think a point where you can tell um, that that you're passionate about something. But the the video editing is something that I that I enjoy. Uh, it's, it's a creative outlet, um, yeah. and obviously I enjoy some photography as well. So. I, I like doing those things, um, but uh, outside of that, yeah, jujitsu, photography, family. Yeah, yeah, sounds like you've got your, your your values nailed down nicely, and you know what know what the priorities are for you. 
yeah, well, family first, yeah. and then and then everything else, everything else afterwards, you know. But yeah. having the job that I've got actually allows me to spend time with my family, which is good. Um, obviously, I'm taking away four nights a week, but uh, the girls do, uh, and my wife does a cl- couple of classes a week, so yep. nice. they, get, they get to see me at the gym too. Yeah. Uh, I've just employed my son. Yep. Um, so I get to see him uh, during the day, uh, and then we work together at nighttime teaching the classes. So awesome. Um, and and he's he's also part of my exit strategy. <laughs> nice thinking ahead. Um, so you 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 know, like I'm not going to be able to do this forever. Um, yeah. So you've got to have an exit strategy as well. It's not to say I won't be involved, but yeah. Um, you know, he'll eventually take over a lot of the a lot of the classes from me. Um, and and. Uh, and I'm educating him on how to become a better business person as well. He's of uh, online business course, and yep. we'll get him to do a marketing course. And uh, he's going to be doing a PT course as well when the next one's available. Awesome. So yeah, we'll upskill him along the way to make sure he's not just uh, a jujitsu guy in the gym. He'll yeah. he'll know all aspects of the business as well to see yeah. how all the cogs fit together. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's great to have someone you can, I guess, you know, you can depend on him. But you've got a nice uh, succession plan built in there. Yeah, well, I know he won't do, uh, uh, you know, he won't leave me down. No. He won't, uh, because uh, that'll be reflected in his inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he'll get the lot anyway if he uh, if he does a good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, that's superb. I like it. I like it. And I think that's probably an aspect that, again, some some business people in the industry don't always have in, in place. You know, they don't think about... Um, how do I exit? How do I, you know, create value so that there's something to sell? Yeah. <clears throat> and <clears throat> obviously you've got multiple locations and, and there's some, some value in the fact that you've got uh, clients on, on, you know, direct debits and there's a consistent income and you can demonstrate all of that stuff. But, you know, there's also value in, in the IP that you've talked about th- this morning as well, in terms of uh, the branding and the ethics and all those other things. And, and, and those all contribute towards, uh, you know, the, the, the final amount that some, that a business is worth. So I think, you know, those are really important considerations to have in place. And that exit strategy is just another one of those. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I have owned businesses since I was 24. I've been self-employed since I was 24. And, mm. um, you know, there's, I've learned a lot about, uh, the benefits of um, putting uh, monetary systems in place um, to make sure that you're not going to fall over. You know, I've had businesses fail on me as well. So that, those all being good um, learning experiences yeah. uh, along the way. It's not a nice thing to have happen, but it definitely you learn a lot. Like you learn a lot when you lose a fight. You learn a lot when you got a business down as well. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, like a, a lot of PTs, um, for, for me, if you're only doing one-on-one sessions, um, then you're always going to be uh, limited to the amount of um, uh, finances that you can you yeah. can bring in. You know, so even if you're a really good trainer and you're charging $100 an hour uh, and you um, train 30 people a week, you know that that's $3,000. Then you've probably got another. 10 15 uh, hours of, of uh, business stuff on the back end of that you yeah. know like your marketing and your social media and your books and all that sort of stuff so yeah you're working 45 for 30 you're only ever going to limit yourself to the amount of um, hours that you've got so so to be able to upscale any business you have to be able to create some form of uh recurring revenue stream and some form of 
um, revenue stream that can be um, exponentially um, expanded on, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And you also need to look at other revenue streams. So, you know, our revenue streams are basically gym memberships. Um, they are um, clothing and apparel. Yeah. Um, another revenue stream uh, that we were starting to look at is starting to do um, competitions and tournaments as well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so we will, we, we've got one planned on my planner. I think it's planned nice. for November um, for the, the coast to coast kids competition. So once again, we're focusing on a specific market to start with. Right. Um, but that can be extremely lucrative as well, you know, and the same thing Yes, the effort you put in is the same whether you're not, you have five kids compete. Well, you have 500 kids compete. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah. you need to scale it up. You need to have more mats. You need to so so there there is growth factors in there. Yeah. However, uh, I think in order to make um, more income, you need to think about not just one revenue stream. You mm. need to think about multiple revenue streams. Mm. Mm. But they all, you know, should have something to do um, with the business that you're running, right? So so another Absolutely. another another huge mistake that I uh, stay another. Uh, thing that I've learned over the years is um, having a uh, single-minded focus and uh, you know having before when I had my software business my web business the gym you know you can only do uh, those things uh, 33% you know you might give a bit more weighting to one or the other depending yeah. on what you're passionate about yeah but relatively speaking they're all going to struggle it's not until you actually commit to doing something 100% uh, that you're going to be truly successful at what you're trying to do, you know. And the offshoots of that um, can still be part of that business plan and can still be part of those uh, income streams coming in, um, but they're still part of that single-minded focus. They're still part of uh, the same jujitsu or, or fight um, systems that you're trying to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I think um, there's some really useful tips in there for, for everybody. And I think some of the, the lessons that you've learned have been really really valuable to you obviously but very much appreciated in terms of content for for this and for people listening so um thanks matt i really really appreciate your um your openness and uh you know your vulnerability and you know sharing sharing some of the the wins and the losses that you've had o over the years and how that's kind of culminated in the business that you've got now and um you know how it's successful how it's growing how you've um you've kind of incorporated all the lessons along the way and you're living you're, you're doing your vocation you know this is your your icky guy the, the thing yeah. that you know you love the most but are getting paid to do as well and i think you know that's what uh, a lot of us enter that in this industry to do but don't necessarily always have the ducks in the row in a row that um, mean that we can make it a sustainable enterprise and that's kind of what this podcast is all about is helping people try and achieve that so um awesome yeah. thank you no problems well you know like it's like anything um I find that um, if you're a personal trainer, you've learned how to set other people's goals. You've learned how to keep other people on track. Um, yeah. But a lot of people don't do it themselves, you know. So um, you need to you need to think about your own goals. I mean, you, you know, you do it. You've got to yeah. think about your own goals as, as far as where you want to do more financially. Uh, and then you've got to create um, systematic pathways to get you to that goal, you know? Um, and, and I think if you don't write, if you don't have your goals, um, then you're not going to, you're just going to be going all over the show. You know, yeah. you write a goal, you figure out what your obstacles are in the way. Yeah. You figure out how to overcome those obstacles or how to get around them. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a single minded focus to actually mm. head towards those goals, you know? Mm. Mm. Um, and that's the same with any business with, with, within your relationships, within your business, um whatever you want to do 
if you want to do it well, set some goals, looking to work towards it, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And a, and a great note to end on. Awesome. No worries, mate. Thank you, Matt. Great to chat and um, I'll speak at the end soon, maybe. Maybe do a yeah. V2. Yeah, no problems, man. Anytime. Nice to awesome. see you, mate. Thanks, Take Matt. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of The PT Graduate. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button. And I'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too. Cheers for now.